Gospel Message, Week 32. Am I my brother or sister's keeper? I was praying the other night, and I was praying in the spirit that Paul prayed, the prayer that he prayed in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, from verses 7 to 9, where he was praying, uh, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So I was praying for my thing, a thing that I have, that I have been asking the Lord to take from me. And the thing is not an illness, but it's definitely a thing of the flesh that torments me. And I prayed to the Lord and I said, Lord, I know it is your will that this thing be taken from me. And it is also my will that I not have it anymore. So why do I still have this? Why won't you take this from me? And almost instantaneously, when I went to read my Bible, I opened up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is a, is a passage that we're all very familiar with. This is the passage that talks about spiritual gifts. And in that first Corinthians 12 from verse four, it says, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are differences of administration, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God, which worketh in all, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all for to one is given the spirit of the word of wisdom to another, the spirit of the word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretations of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, and so on and so forth. So the Spirit revealed to me that this passage that was talking about spiritual gifts, each each person, each one of us as members of the church, we're all bestowed with different gifts, you know, and these gifts are likened 
in this passage to the parts of the body. So you have one that's an eye, you have one that's an ear, you have one that's a nose, one that's a left arm, so on and so forth. And no two function in the same capacity. However, all of them are relevant to the total well-being and functioning of the body. And it's the same thing also for weaknesses, because where with spiritual gifts, we're being told in this 1 Corinthians 12 that we should support each other with our spiritual gifts because it is in everyone playing their part by virtue of gift bestowed that the body can now function well as a whole. And if we look at our weaknesses, we all have different weaknesses. We all have different proclivities. We all have different areas where we struggle, you know, and where no two people probably share exactly the same weakness. It now becomes apparent that as the same body of Christ, we support each other even in our weaknesses because where one might be weak, another person can always encourage because that person might not be plagued by that same weakness. However, that is not the case in the church. And interestingly enough, in Romans chapter 12, it speaks about the same thing, you know, from uh, verse four in Romans chapter 12, it says, for as we have many members in one body. All members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ and everyone members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Then it goes on to list the gifts, you know, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to our portion of faith or ministry, let us wait on our ministering and he that teacheth on teaching so on and so forth. So again, coming back to the church and likening this now, not as spiritual gifts, but as areas where we suffer, where we have our thing that has been that thorn in the flesh that afflicts us, our trials, our areas where we struggle, our weaknesses. You know, we don't, support one another in our weaknesses because the last place where a lot of people bring their weaknesses to is the church. And the reason we don't bring our weaknesses to one another in the church is because of fear, fear of being judged, fear of being ridiculed, fear of being condemned, fear of being criticized. Many of us hide the things that afflict us from our brethren in the church because that is not a place where we believe we get support for the things that afflict us. And it is a very sad thing because in the church, we boast of many achievements. We boast of the achievement where we're not fighting. And when I say fighting, like we're not throwing down and fist fighting, and maybe there's also not a lot of quarreling. And for where that is an achievement, if we cannot help one another in our weaknesses the same way 
we help one another with our spiritual gifts, then can we say that we have truly achieved everything that the Lord would have us achieve in the church? Because the spirit of love that the same Bible talks about, which, you know, coincidentally is the very next chapter after 1 Corinthians 12 that lists all the different spiritual gifts and the different parts of the body, it now talks about love in chapter 13. And it says, you know, love suffers long and is kind. It does not envy. It does not puff itself up. It does not behave unseemingly. It is not easily provoked. It thinketh no evil. And it does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in truth. It bears all things. And it is, it is, it is a sad thing where a lot of us in the church suffer. And we do suffer in our weaknesses. We suffer in our afflictions because we can't go to anyone. And so we suffer in silence or we take it to the Lord as we're supposed to take it to the Lord. But if the Lord has already given us a remedy, the same way he gave us the remedy when it came to spiritual gifts, he has also given us this remedy to help one another in our weaknesses, to encourage one another through our afflictions. When we have a tormentor in the flesh and we are suffering, we're supposed to be able to come to one another and tell one another freely that this is what I am suffering from. This is the thing that I am seeking the Lord to deliver me from. But we find that we cannot come to one another because the very place where we're supposed to find help is the very place of our torment if we were to even reveal this thing that is buffeting us, this thing that is afflicting us. And I don't believe that is the way the Lord would have us be. And we really need to examine ourselves and ask ourselves and ask, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us where we have been the source of sorrow for one another. Where have I been this agent of unlove where because of my proclivity maybe to have a loose tongue or the proclivity to be unkind in my reaction or my proclivity to be condemning or very very critical or very very judgmental that will make my brother or my sister not feel safe in coming to the church with their problem in coming to the church to seek comfort to seek help to seek kindness from their christian brother or their christian sister because we are supposed to be able to come to one another with our weaknesses we're supposed to be able to feel safe to come to our Christian brother and our Christian sister in the church. 
Many people go to counselors, secular counselors, to divulge their problems and to divulge their struggles. And not because there's anything wrong with counseling in and of itself, but if Christ has established the church that is made up of people with different gifts, including the gift of counseling, and he has established us for us to take care of one another, then why should I go outside to seek help when I have my church to seek help from? In the church, and in very few instances, but I know definitely in my church, maybe the one person that I can come to in the church if I do have a problem, would be the shepherd of the church. And that is by virtue of the role that he plays. But when it comes to coming to brethren, to brothers and sisters that I have no familial relationship to, that is that I don't consider them to be a close friend or a best friend, but definitely just someone who's in my church, many of us are afraid. We're afraid to bring... We, we don't... It has not been established as a safe place where we can talk to one another. And I know many of us do this, not out of malice. It could be out of carelessness and bad habit. And sometimes it is out of malice, but it's not even a premeditated malice where we're looking to harm someone. But a lot of times, just by virtue of the type of people that we are, by virtue of immaturity, by virtue of just that's the way I am and that's what I've always done, we could seriously grieve our brother or our sister who has come to us with a very sensitive thing and we have not made it a safe place for that brother or sister to come and be able to receive comfort or help in the church. Fear is something that I should not have when it comes to my church. When I'm dealing with a brother or sister in the church, if the word fear comes out of my mouth, then a huge disservice has been done in the church. Something has worked within the body of Christ that should not be allowed to work there if fear is what keeps any brother or any sister from coming to the church with their troubles or coming to the church with something that is tormenting them or maybe something that they are suffering in the flesh, an affliction, and it could even be an affliction of unrighteousness. But if they cannot come to the church for fear that the church is not going to be a safe place, then the church has not done its job because 1 John chapter 4, 18 tells us that perfect love casts out fear. If love exists in the church, then there should be no fear any one member to another to be able to come to their brethren with a problem or a trouble or an affliction. John chapter 13 verses 34 to 35 also tells us that by this they shall know that ye 
are my disciples. And the this that the, uh, Jesus speaks of, he says, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this, all men know that ye are my disciples. Not because we preach a good sermon or not because we have mighty prophets or not because we heal the sick or raise the dead. That is not the stamp of discipleship. Jesus says, by this, all men shall know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. Love is the stamp of discipleship. A house of love, a house of safety is the stamp of discipleship. In John chapter 17, from uh, and this is the John 17 where Jesus prayed for his disciples. And this were the 12 at the time. He prayed for them, but he also said, starting from verse 20, he said, neither pray, for, neither pray I for these alone, but for them which shall believe on me through their word. This is us. That they may all be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. This oneness that Christ is referring to here is the same oneness he talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's the same oneness he talks about in Romans chapter 12 with regards to the spiritual gifts. Each person having a different gift, but with our gifts, we support one another, we edify one another, we build one another up in order to make that complete body of Christ. Oneness. The oneness is unity in Christ, where we are all working under the headship of Jesus Christ in love, supporting one another with our spiritual gifts. And the same thing he's saying here when it comes to our weaknesses, when it comes to our trouble spots to the things that we suffer from or the things that we are afflicted with. These old man that afflicts us, the sinful man that might cause us to be something or might cause us to do something. If we are not supporting one another there as well, then we cannot be one. Love is not only exhibited when we are not quarreling or coming to fistfights. Love is also exhibited in how we take care of one another's weaknesses. How we take care of one another's burdens. How we take care of one another's afflictions. Because Paul said, he said thrice, he said, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, to buffet me, to torment me, is what another Bible interpretation says. So many of us, not so many of us, all of us, in one way or another, have an affliction, a sinful affliction, and it could be more than one in most of us. And this affliction, the thing that the Holy Spirit has revealed to us 
or will reveal to us. And we're praying to God, Lord, take this thing from me. And yet we still find ourselves being afflicted by this thing or being led to do this same thing. And we're in agony and despair because when the Holy Spirit will reveal something to us, it inflicts sorrow. It causes us to have godly sorrow. But then we also have to be able to come to the church, to come to one another in the church and seek help from the church and not from outside. So please let us use this moment to think and reflect on where we might have been unloving in the face of someone else's weakness or someone else's faults. Think and reflect on where we have been the voice or the action of accusation, the voice of mocking, the voice of criticism, the voice of condemnation, the voice of ridicule, the voice of shaming, the voice of cruelty, or just simply the voice of the total lack of love. It is a hard thing to acknowledge without simultaneously trying to justify our actions, but we have to acknowledge it without justifying. We can't say, oh, I was unloving because dot, dot, dot. The Lord has not given us the allowance for because, he says, as I have loved you, love one another, period. There is no justification for being unloving. So we have to acknowledge that we are these people who have been unloving, who have weaknesses, but also judge others for their weaknesses that happen to be different from ours. We have to do the difficult work within ourselves. We have to call ourselves out in order that godly sorrow might be produced. And it is good for us to feel godly sorrow. It is good for us to feel godly regret and godly remorse because godly sorrow worketh repentance. That is where repentance is found when we are sorrowful in a godly way for the things that we have done that are contrary to love, for the people we have been that are contrary to love, to the positions that we have took, taken, the stands we have taken that are contrary to love. Because when godly sorrow works repentance, repentance works grace and mercy. And it is the Lord himself who has given us the commandment to love our neighbor as ourselves. It is Christ himself who says, as he has loved us, we are now to love one another. Therefore, because he's the one who has commanded it, it is he also by his spirit who enables us to fill this commandment, to fulfill it, to abide by it. And it is he and he only who can truly make us the keeper of our brothers and our sisters. And may he also enable us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.